Welcome to Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. It's Thursday, June 23rd, 2022. And this program is meant to present nutritional information only and is in no way meant to replace the advice of a competent medical professional, assuming you can find one. I'm not a doctor, and that's a good thing, in my opinion. The doctors most people go to see when they have a health issue, MDs, are wrapped around the axle of their training. Unfortunately, their training is in drugs and surgery, and it doesn't equip them to treat the over 900 chronic health issues that are proven to be a result of a nutritional deficiency. I'm simply someone who's been studying under the tutelage of one of, if not the top nutritional authorities in the world, Dr. Joel Wallach. I don't treat diseases. I don't even treat people. I simply advise people how to give their bodies the raw materials they need to support and maintain good health. And when the body has what it needs, it'll fix itself. The body wants to fix itself. The body knows how to fix itself. It has a God-given innate ability to do so. The only thing that's missing is the raw materials. And when you put those back into the mix, stand back and wait to be amazed because your body's going to do some really cool stuff. Now, you can visit my website at yourdiyhealth.com. That's Y-O-U-R-D-I-Y, like do-it-yourself, health, H-E-A-L-T-H, yourdiyhealth.com. And our sister site, yourdiywealth.com. Same address, just change the first H to a W, and you're there. When you get there, be sure and hit the uh, Hyperverse and the Luminary Global tabs. There's information on both of those pages that show you how you can uh, earn money outside of the central banking system, how you can keep it outside the central banking system and protect it so that when the central banking system goes down, you are okay. So it's a great program. I encourage you to check them out. And if you have any questions, hit the contact me button and that gives you the option of calling and leaving a message or sending an email. Either way, we'll get back with you as quick as we can, usually within a few hours, and we'll do everything we can to get you get your questions answered, get you back on the right track. Also, when you're on the health site, be sure and check out the radio shows tab. At the top of the page, you'll see the link to our archive page set up through castbox.fm. There's 849 shows up there as of this morning, and today will be 850. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, check those out. They're all shareable via email and social media. They're annotated as what we talked about, generally speaking, and uh, just have fun with it. If you scroll down a little further, you'll see the information on the shows we do, when they're on, and how you listen. And then at the bottom of the page is a link to the Facebook page set up for the show, as well as the Telegram channel. And that's where most stuff gets posted because Telegram doesn't censor, and Facebook do. <laughs> so anyway, have fun with it. And uh, just keep in mind the topics discussed and opinions mentioned on this show are those of the host and or guests and don't necessarily represent the opinions of the Truth Frequency Radio Network, its owners or sponsors, or any of the alphabet agencies out there listening in. 
nothing we say in the show should be construed as an attempt to diagnose, treat, or cure any kind of a health or wealth issue. It's all here for your education and entertainment purposes only, so that as a responsible adult, you can use this show as a jumping off point to do your own research and due diligence to make sure that what you're doing and what you're trying is right for you. The number to call into the show is 213-233-3998. That's 213-233-3998. One last time, 233, excuse me, 213-233-3998. So uh, there you have it. All the different ways to listen, call in, all that good stuff. And uh, with that being said, I'm going to clean up some stuff on the screen here so I have more room to do other things. And let's see here. I think. Yep. Have to. There we go. All righty. Well, as usual, it's dangerous to be right when the government is wrong. Coined that phrase a number of years ago, uh, probably 30 by now, and uh, it's held true every time I've said it. It's been more true than the last time. And uh, the latest is Dr. Simone Gold, who is the person, the lady who started the America's Front uh, White Coat Doctors or the Frontline Doctors, um, has been, uh, she was arrested over a year ago. They kicked in her door and did a uh, Roger Stone type of raid on her. Over 20 federal agents bearing uh, submachine guns, assault rifles, the whole shooting match. Uh, kicked her door in, handcuffed her, carted her away. She spent two days in jail when all they had to do was call her. And she had gone right down and turned herself in and taken care of things. Uh, but they had to make a big show of it. That's what the uh, the left always does when uh, they're you know they pull their Gestapo tactics, and uh, you know their people never get arrested. Even though you know people like uh, oh Hunter Biden, who has violated federal gun laws, and nothing's happened to him. Not to mention all the kitty porn and everything else that's on his hard drives that, uh, you know, on his laptops that got turned into the FBI and they've done absolutely nothing about that. But then you have a, uh, doctor, you know, mainstream person who, because she has been, um, speaking out against the things that the government doesn't want people speaking out against, and getting quite a bit of traction. And then, oh, she committed the cardinal sin of gathering in Washington, D.C. on January 6, 2021 for a lawful, permitted, uh, peaceful protest. She gave a speech and then walked peacefully to the Capitol building was basically sucked inside by a wave of humanity through doors that were opened from the inside. That's right. Capitol Police opened the doors, let them in, and she stayed within the little velvet ropes and you know walked through the statuary hall in the rotunda and basically found a little spot in the corner of the rotunda and began giving her speech over a bullhorn and then complied when they asked her to leave. But with all that, she was charged with a class one misdemeanor and now has been sentenced to two months in federal prison. And I have a little uh, video here that I caught on Twitter this morning 
that I'm going to play for you, and you can listen to it. Here we go. It started with a choice. Save a patient's life or save her own job. It turned into an explosive event, daring to speak the truth that the government wanted to hide. It ended with a judge throwing a brave doctor with no criminal record into federal prison for 60 days on a misdemeanor trespass. A shocking and unprecedented miscarriage of justice. This despicable act has crossed the line. J6 is a fraudulent and fascist political weapon, and this absurd prison sentence is the ominous proof that nobody is safe from the jaws of the corrupted judicial system. If they can imprison Dr. Simone Gold, they can crush anyone, and they're coming for you. It's time to fight back. It's time to demand the restoration of justice and free speech. It's time to free Dr. Gold. Despite being a scheduled speaker at a free speech rally with a government-approved permit, despite being sworn by a huge crowd with no way to escape after police began agitating them, despite being pushed inside through doors that were open from the inside, despite respectfully proceeding through only public rotunda, statuary hall, and hallways, despite peacefully giving her speech and then complying with police when they asked her to leave, despite all this, the government violently arrested Dr. Gold with an FBI SWAT team raid, breaking open her door and terrifying her with assault rifles, shackling her and throwing her in jail for two days. She still suffers from PTSD as a result. For over a year since, she has been tortured by endless government harassment, all without any legal justification or due process. And now the corrupt judge from the Michael Sussman trial resulting from the Durham investigation has done the unforgivable. He stated outright falsehoods as justification for his personal animus against Dr. Gold as he slammed her with an utterly outrageous prison sentence. For an esteemed physician and attorney with decades of service to struggling minority communities and zero criminal record, enough is enough. We must unite and push back. Support the Free Dr. Gold mission right now so we can turn the tide of tyranny and save ourselves and our children. The future is only what you fight to make it. Hashtag free Dr. Gold. You talk about a total miscarriage of justice. Now let's see if the, I think it was seven people from Stephen Colbert's TV show that broke into the Capitol last week after being kicked out by Capitol Police. They got back in and were wandering around and harassing uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. I'd be willing to bet pretty much everything (laughs) that nothing will happen to those people. And what they did was far more criminal than anything that could possibly be considered a criminal offense by Dr. Gold. But they're good liberals, so they'll get a pass. But conservatives, not so much. It's absolutely disgusting what's going on in this country. The... uh, uh, the judge from the Sussman trial, you know, there was another situation where Sussman was dead to rights guilty. And because they held the, the trial, they should, the first thing the defense should have done is move for a change of venue. There is no way someone on the left who's charged with a crime, if it ever happens in the first place, can get a fair trial in Washington, D.C., Everybody on the jury was a Hillary Clinton supporter and voter, and there's no way that person would be found guilty. You could have 
live proof. Every one of the jurors could have been eyewitnesses to the person committing murder at the in the middle of a, a intersection at high noon, and they still would have found him not guilty because that's just what they do. He's our guy, so we're not going to find him guilty. Kind of like what all the people that show up at the Trump rallies are doing now. Um, they're willing to give a multi, you know, a mass murderer a pass because he's our guy. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, Trump is as guilty as Fauci and Gates and Tedros. He pushed these toxic bioweapon jabs, and many people took them simply because President Trump said they were safe and effective and they should do it. They took them, and now they're either dead or maimed for life. And he has never apologized. He's never said anything about being hoodwinked or led astray or anything else. He just talks about how great they are. And as far as I'm concerned, there is no way that even if I was ever voting again, that I would ever support that man. I'm not going to give him a pass for murder because he's our guy. You know, if the 2020 election had gone the same way the 2016 election had, but if if it had been stolen but by Trump, as they claimed in 2016, <laughs> it wasn't. But if, if it had been stolen but by the other side, I guarantee every single person who's at those rallies would have said, hey, no problem, he's our guy. Even if he stole it, he's in there. That's great. That's because the people in this country don't want to be free. They want to be comfortable. And as long as their guy gets in, they don't care how it happens. The fact is, after the 2020 election, every single person in this country, liberal, conservative, Republican, Democrat, whatever, should have been in the streets with torches and pitchforks. Because it was obvious that that election was fraudulent, corrupt. You name, you take your name, criminal whatever you want, it was stolen. And if the people in this country wanted free and fair elections, then everybody should have been in the streets. But the brain-dead, spoon-fed Republicans weren't about to go out because they're just fat, dumb, and happy. And the liberals weren't going to go out because their guy won. If they honestly want, were Americans and cared about elections, they all would have been out marching side by side saying this ain't going to stand. We don't care who won. It's a, it was faked. It was fudged. It was illegal. We want a do over and we want it done right this time with no uh, ballot harvesting, with no electronic voting, nothing. But that's not what happened because people in this country just want their guy to win. And if they have to steal it to get it, that's fine. And that's why we have a situation where we have somebody like Dr. Simone Gold, who is a great American, is going to be locked up for 60 days in federal prison. And if she makes it out alive, I'll be kind of surprised, actually. Because it would not surprise me at all if they got her set up to die in the prison. They'll pull an Epstein on her. Because her message is something they don't want to get out. Doesn't make any difference who the person is. If they're preaching a message that the government doesn't like, shame on them. 
too bad, so sad, sucks to be you. That's the way it is. And they will do everything they can to make sure that when she goes in uh, vertically, she'll come out horizontally if they can, if they can make it happen. So all I can say, Dr. Gold is watch your back when you're in there. And better yet, the people in this country should rally to get her out of this. There is absolutely no excuse for what the miscarriage of justice that has just taken place with her, and for for that matter, for all the other people who have been held in the D.C. jail or have been uh, giving a diesel tour all around the um, country for the last year and a half without any charges, nothing else, just because they were conservatives and went to Washington, D.C. And the more high profile you are, the more hassle you get for the most part. Absolutely disgusting. Should not be allowed in this country. But it is. And I had an article. Let me see if I can find it here. Uh, If I can get my search function to work. Oh, for Pete's sake. (laughs) Uh, If I could type. (laughs) Good grief. You gotta be kidding me. There it is. Yeah, this is a little bit more information on the situation. If I can keep the goobers out of my throat here um, and keep all these pop-ups from showing up. Dr. Simone Gold sentenced to prison for speaking at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. One of the faces of America's frontline doctors, yeah, the one who started it, has been sentenced to prison after she pleaded guilty back in March to a Class A misdemeanor. Dr. Simone Gold, we reported back in January of 2021, was arrested after she entered the U.S. Capitol building on January 6, 2021, and delivered a speech via megaphone about the dangers and ineffectiveness of the Wuhan coronavirus COVID-19 bioweapons. And therein lies the problem. She was speaking out against something the government wants every man, woman, and child in this country to take because they're trying to kill as many Americans as they can, period. And she was speaking out against it. Not supposed to do that. You gotta. You can't question the government. And the thing is, if you want to know, you know, whether you're free or not, find out whether or not there's somebody you're not allowed to question or talk against. And in this country, people. I'm proud to be an American. Where I get to think I'm free. Bull. Name me one thing that you can do that you don't have to have a license or a permit to do or permission from the government. People in this country are so brain dead and spoon fed. And the funny thing is, is as uh, uh, what's his chops, uh, Mark Twain said, it's easier to fool a man than to convince him he's been fooled. And I'll tell you what, Americans are those poster children for that statement. But anyway, she further discussed viable remedies such as hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, urging listeners to protect their natural DNA and immune systems rather than take an experimental injection that could and likely will in the coming years for everyone who took it, kill them. And that's exactly right. What we're seeing right now is nothing but the tip of the iceberg. The death and destruction that's going to come from these jabs is going to be apocalyptic. And we aren't even seeing the beginning of it. 
for the crime of entering the people's building through a, uh, a neat, the neatly po uh, positioned velvet ropes that were placed almost as a guide for those herded inside by law enforcement assets, Gold will now have to serve a two-month prison sentence. Her guilty plea in March of this year admitted to entering and remaining in a restricted building that the people own. She clearly would have been better off burning down a small business or target like Black Lives Matter terrorists did without penalty. The only problem is that probably wouldn't have worked. If she would have burned something down because she's conservative, they would have thrown the book at her. There is definitely a double standard. Liberals get off. They can literally commit murder and get away with it. Conservatives can't spit on the sidewalk without going to prison. U.S. District Judge Christopher Cooper, remember that name, in Washington, D.C., and D.C. stands for District of Corruption or Criminals, interchangeable, also sentenced Gold to 12 months of supervised release following her 60-day prison term and ordered her to pay a $9,500 fine. The judge, scumbag Christopher Cooper, called it unseemly that America's frontline doctors raised money for Gold's salary by telling supporters her arrest was unfair prosecution. It was actually unfair persecution. Now, back when the, uh, during the summer of love, when uh, old what's-her-chops, camel toe, Kamala Harris, uh, running for VP at the time, was actively engaged in raising money to bail out the murdering SOBs that were burning down Minneapolis and all these other cities. She was actively engaged in supporting felons and getting them out on bond. Did the judge call that unseemly? Oh, no, she was a patriot. There's a special place in hell for people like this. The judge told Gold that her statements about the Fauci flu shots did not factor into her sentencing. May not. If he'd have considered that, he'd probably thrown the book at her even more. She'd probably been there for years. According to him, Gold was not a casual bystander on January 6th, but rather an insurrectionist. That jackass doesn't even know the meaning of the term. Cooper did accuse AFLDS Gold's organization of misleading supporters into believing that her prosecution was politically motivated. <laughs> well, it was. And that it trampled her First Amendment rights. It did. Not to mention her Fourth Amendment rights, her Fifth Amendment rights, her Eighth Amendment rights, and probably a few others. Cooper went on to call it unseemly that AFLDS is using the Capitol riot as a means of raising money, including for Gold's personal salary. Hey, they can raise money for whatever they want. It's still supposed to be a free country, even though it isn't. I think this, this is real, a real disservice to the true victims of that day, he stated. You mean people like Ashley Babbitt, who was gunned down by a D.C. cop or a Capitol cop? who should be in prison about some of the other people that nobody talks about that were killed that day by DC and Capitol police. Those were the real victims. Other than that, there weren't any victims. Don't tell me members of Congress, those scumbags 
they'd have done their job, none of this would have happened. But they're criminals. But they're de- liberal criminals, so they get away with it. Gold traveled to Capitol on, D- on January 5th, 2021, to speak at Freedom Plaza. Her intent was simply to deliver a medical speech. And when the gates were open, so to speak, into the Capitol building, she simply brought her message inside. Gold never committed any acts of violence, just to be clear. She simply spoke through her megaphone about the scam of the pandemic. And for this, she was placed on the FBI's most wanted release or list, whatever. I was paid a visit by the FBI in a Roger Stone kind of takedown moment, which is quite uncalled for, Gold said about her persecution. You know, if anybody wanted to get a hold of me, they could have picked up the phone and called. I'm very easy to find, but there were literally 20 guys with guns. She said blazing, not blazing. They, they weren't pulling the triggers, but they were brandishing them. No, it totally uncalled for. And they broke down her door. The FBI essentially raided Gold's home all because she spoke her mind about the pandemic and the serious crimes against humanity that were and still are being committed in the name of public health. It was dramatic and what I want to say is that I weep for our country, as do I. Gold added about her mistreatment at the hands of the state. If you can pull in a person like me and have the FBI break down your door with 20 guns, shackle you in handcuffs and drag you off. I mean, it was really terrible. I'm telling you, America, this can happen to you. And that is just absolutely disgusting. That is what we have come to. And yet scumbags like Hunter Biden can violate violate federal gun laws, commit who knows what kind of atrocious acts, and get away with with scot-free and make millions of dollars in the process. Stick with us. We'll be back in three minutes. to get it all back they say we'll legalize your drug deal but you gotta give us lots of check well wake up you're being screwed pharmaceutical drug guys can be so rude they don't care if you live or you die long as they get that piece of pie my 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 don't care if you live or you die and welcome back to the second edition or second segment of today's edition of your DIY health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. And uh, before the break, we were talking about the absolute miscarriage of justice and tragedy or tra- travesty of the arrest of Dr. Simone Gold in connection with the January 6th uh, uh I'm not going to say riot because it wasn't. (laughs) It was a false flag. You know, there were probably two million Americans there that were there simply to protest what they knew was the theft of the 2020 election. And they were doing so peacefully. And then Nancy Pelosi and company uh, made it possible for uh, Asians provocateur of the um, 
Black Lives Matter and Antifa to come in, dress as Trump supporters and stir things up. And then you have people like uh, Ray Epps, who was actively trying to get people to go into the Capitol and uh, was being called out as a Fed by the people around him. And nothing happens to him. He wasn't even mentioned in the January 6th hearings because that's nothing more than a uh, show trial. You notice there was no uh, nothing about both sides of the story. It was all just the one side, liberal side of things, how they were trying to demonize Trump and his supporters, and nothing about the truth. <laughs> it was nothing but a bunch of lies uh, continually from the beginning. And <laughs> it's just, it's it's classic to watch these people because it's the same thing over and over. They keep doing the same thing because we keep falling for it. You know, the American people are uh, predictable, if nothing else. All they got to do is talk about it on the evening news, and the generally dumb public, Bubis Americanus, will just swallow it hook, line, and sinker. And I posted in the chat room the link to Capital Punishment, the movie. If you have not seen that movie, uh, you can click that link and watch it for $9.99. You can also buy it. I think for 14 or something, I forget what I I bought it. It's well worth it. Um, and it shows actual footage of a lot of different things, including Dr. Gold when she was in the rotunda. I mean, she clearly just walked in. She had one of her people with her and uh, basically they found a spot. She got on her little bullhorn and started giving her speech and uh, did nothing, anything criminal. And for that, she's going to spend two months in federal prison, uh, which is an absolute disgusting situation because they'll probably put her in one of the crappiest hell holes that they have and uh, do everything they can to make her life absolutely miserable and potentially end her life while she's in there. That's what I'm afraid of. It would not surprise me at all. And if that does happen, just watch to hear the uh, the pig pen known as The View talking about how wonderful it is that she died in prison. You know, it couldn't happen to a nicer person, according to them, uh, those kind of things. And, uh, you know, Whoopi the Hut and the rest of them, uh, it'll be disgusting. But, you know, just 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 make a mental note and see what happens. Anywho, moving right along, I want to look at some of the other things that are going on because, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, miscarriage of justice. There's no question. The good people are being screwed and the criminals are being let off the hook every step of the way. The only time there's a change to that is when a law-abiding citizen happens to intervene and take out the bad guy, <laughs> which does happen from time to time. Thank goodness people are still armed in this country. That's the only reason we have any semblance of freedom left. If it wasn't for the guns and regardless of what kind of crap they come up with, what false flags they throw out there, how many school shootings they, they put up and create and orchestrate, because that's exactly what they're doing. Don't give up your guns. Can't stress that enough. You know, every other country in the world, the people that used to be gun owners are saying, America, don't be as stupid as we were. 
And they guaranteed they will keep having false flag school shootings because, oh, the blood of babies. You know, the funny thing is they they do it on both sides of the issue. There's nothing, you know, the liberals want nothing more than to kill every single baby they possibly can. And at the same time, they will then stage a school shooting where babies your children may or may not die. I honestly don't believe anything happened in Uvalde. I think that whole thing was a made-for-TV movie. I don't believe anyone died. I have seen no proof of it. I have seen no proof that any was in, anyone was injured. I could be totally wrong. It could be that kids did die. And it would be terrible if that was the case. But I haven't seen any proof of it. And just because they talk about it on TV and just because Matthew McConaughey comes out and gives a big speech at the White House, I don't remember him being on the ballot, let alone voting for him. But somehow he gets to go to the White House and give a speech with the White House in the background. Uh, that don't change things. As far as I'm concerned, it's a non-event. It was a stage for TV movie that they are using to you know, push gun control, period, and gun confiscation. And they know they can't pass the same kind of stupid legislation they did in the past. So, well, let's just put a thousand percent tax on the guns or, you know, dry up the source of the ammo. Things that they have tried over and over and over to do in the past. Uh, Thank goodness they're still, you know, the biggest arsenals are in the hands of the American people. The military can't hold a candle to what we got. Even Homeland Security can't hold a candle to what we got. And that's why, you know, you go back to World War II, Japanese, they said, oh, no, we can't attack mainland USA. There'll be a gun behind every blade of grass. Well, now there'll be two. (laughs) Or in my case, 50. (laughs) Yeah. That's the one thing that's keeping us with any semblance of freedom in this country right now. If it wasn't for all the guns in the hands of the civilian population, we would be like every other country in the world, totally enslaved. Do not give up your guns, America. Can't stress it enough. But guaranteed, they will continue to have more and more false flags more and more shootings, and the bane of their situation is when an actual shooting happens and there happens to be an armed citizen there who takes out the bad guy. But guess what? You never hear about that on the news. Only locally. You know, there was a couple of, about a month ago, I covered a situation where some guy pulls up uh, outside an apartment complex where some people were having a birthday slash graduation party. This guy pulls an AR, AR-15 or something or similar rifle out of the backseat of his car and starts shooting into the crowd. And a lady who was there in attendance pulls her legally carried pistol out of her purse and shoots and kills the bad guy before he gets a chance to hurt anybody. Never heard a word about that on the national news, did you? Because a good guy with a gun taking out a bad guy with a gun is not what the news media considers newsworthy. We do, (laughs) but they don't because it doesn't fit their narrative. You know, it shows that, yeah, when good guys have guns, bad guys 
don't get so far. And that's why, you know, they they're pushing all this crap about gun control. You know, well, we have to raise the late age for to buy a, an assault weapon. Well, number one, there is no such thing. Number two, they're sitting there saying you're not old enough mentally to be able to handle a firearm at, at 18. But on the same out of this other side of their mouth, they're saying, but a six year old can determine what sex they want to be. Notice I didn't say gender because gender pertains to language. You have masculine and feminine uh, genders in language. You have male and female sexes, period. If you're born a male, you will die a male. Regardless of what you do, what surgeries you have, what drugs you take or anything else, if you're born with an outsy, even if you cut the outsy off, you're still a male. If you're born with an insy, even if you fill it in with something and produce some sort of proboscis, you're still a female. There is no changing that. I don't care what any of you liberal hand ring weirdos think. And the bottom line is, they think that a kid who obviously isn't mentally stable enough to handle a firearm at 18, but 12 years earlier, they're mentally stable enough to determine they want to change their team that they play on. I don't think so. Homie, don't play that game. You ain't falling for that line of crap. But they always, they talk out of both sides of their mouth. They say, oh, we have to save the children. But the same people that are trying to save the children are creating the vents that even if they are real, every school shooting in this country has happened as a result of democratic policies. They're the ones that pass the Gun-Free School Zone Act. They're the ones that make it impossible for teachers to protect themselves and their children in schools. Why do they do that? Because it furthers their agenda. They knew when they passed those laws that the outcome would be more school shootings. You know, criminals are criminals, but they ain't stupid. Hey, let's go where there's nobody else that's carrying a gun because all these other people are law-abiding. They won't carry a gun because it's against the law. So I can get in because I ignore the law. I can get in and wreak havoc. And, and of course, now I can count on the fact that the local law enforcement is going to be a bunch of wimps and cowards and follow orders and stand outside so that I have an hour and 17 minutes or whatever it is to go in and wreak havoc. And I guarantee you there's something wrong with that story, too. Because I can tell you right now, if I went in armed with half the stuff that that kid had, and I had an hour and 17 minutes of un, un, uninterrupted time to shoot people, the body count would have been a whole lot higher than 22, guaranteed. You know, when you got a target-rich environment, 600 kids in the, in the probably 50 or 60 at least adult um, targets as well, you know, teachers and staff and whatnot, uninhibited for an hour and whatever, I'd have run out of ammo and there'd be a, I mean, the blood would be flowing in the hallways. And that, you know, the fact that that kid had, you know, six or $7,000 worth of guns and ammunition, had a brand new Ford F-250 or something, and worked part-time at the drive-thru in Wendy's, 
who do you think was bankrolling that whole project? And I still want to know how he could stand outside for 12 or 10 or 12 minutes shooting his rifle and survive to get inside the building in a Texas neighborhood. Nothing about that story adds up. Nothing. So anyway, I don't believe it happened. I think the whole thing was a total false flag. But whatever. They're going to create those kind of things. Now, thanks to computer graphics, they can do anything they want. You could be standing there and witnessing it with your own eyes and have to double check to make sure it actually is real. That's how good the graphics are these days. But they're going to do that kind of stuff. If they, if, you know, they could care less if it's real. Yeah, if kids got to die so we can enslave the rest of America, so be it. No problem. Now, they took down the, twin, twin, the World Trade Center, killed over 2,000 people. No big deal. Helps us pass the Patriot Act. Anti-Patriot Act. <laughs> but that's the kind of stuff they're pulling. Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that. I've got a couple loner dogs to go along with the two that we already have. And the yappy one, I call it the rat dog, is down there running its mouth for some reason. Might be a delivery, who knows? Might be just the stupid dog that parks at nothing. Every night, in the middle of nothing, nothing going on, and that stupid dog will start barking at the foot of my bed. <laughs> I'm going to have to start duct taping a little booger. Um, not really. But anyway, um, apologize for the noise in the background. But anyway, you know, this is the kind of thing that's going on. These disgusting pukes in Congress, you know, the Pelosi's, the Schumer's, the Schiff's, and of course, old, uh, you know, Sleepy Joe, or as I like to say, you know, Mr. Poopy Pants. Um, they're all about destroying this country and killing as many Americans as they possibly can. Younger, the better. You know, when when they're sitting there passing laws in California saying that you can abort your child up to seven or more days after it is born. That's not abortion. That's infanticide. That's flat out murder. As it is when before they're born, it's still murder, period. But they're doing that. And then. Well, because these uh, toxic jabs called uh, COVID vaccines are so safe and so effective, we're going to make sure that every pregnant woman in the country gets them as well, which has resulted in an 82%, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not really miscarriage. It's actually a, because most of them are happening later, late term. It's a late term spontaneous abortion, 82%. That's actually more effective than the morning after pill. Imagine that. When you've got a pill that's designed to induce abortion and you've got a alleged injection that's supposed to be safe and effective, but it kills at a higher rate than the abortion pill, that's saying a lot. At 82% right now, and in some cases, it could be even as high as 
And I'll tell you what, I just got another video. Um, so it's an InfoWars production called COVID Land. It's part three, the jab or the shot. The first one was about the lockdowns. The second one was about the masks. Uh, the third one, which just came out, is called, you know, the uh, the shot. And the fourth one is going to be all the psychological stuff involved uh, in suckering people into taking all this stuff, as well as the um, downstream effects that it's had on people, the suicides and everything else that have come as a result of all these lockdowns, these uh, um, mask wearing and the shots, uh, the mental damage that it's done to this country. Very, very good video. Two hours and 11 minutes long, and it is fantastic. Can't can't recommend it enough. And um, as a matter of fact, let me see here. Boop, boop, boop. Wrong page. Um, let's do this. Uh, let's see if I can get the link for that to put it in the, uh, I all the pop-ups. <laughs> I hate pop-ups. There we go. Should be right on the first page. And they're offering a special deal. You can buy it straight out for, I think, uh, I think it's $24.95. Yeah. But if you don't have a copy of uh, uh, 2000 Mules, they also have a special uh, where you can get both of them uh, for $39.90. Uh, 2000 Mules and COVID Land. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Oh, they changed that. No, it is COVID Land 3. Okay, yeah. You can get both of them for $39.90, which isn't a bad deal. I already had the 2,000 mules, so I didn't do that. But uh, it is a, a good deal if you don't have it, and I highly recommend that one as well. But there is the link for COVID Land. Um, excellent uh, video. And it really covers all the details of the shots and how bad they are. Um, Anybody, if you know anybody that's considering taking one of those things, why anyone would do it, I have no idea other than flat out stupidity. Uh, but uh, if you do, make sure that you put a copy of this in their hands and demand that they watch it first, uh, especially if they're going to do their kids. You know, now that the uh, FDA has uh, pushed through the um, approval for, again, emergency use authorization for children six months old you know to give these things to a six-month-old baby is absolutely unconscionable but now they're making that possible and if you got a, a parent who's stupid enough to abuse their child that way number one you should report them to the cps that would be interesting if a whole lot of people start calling cps you gotta get out here this kid's gonna inject their baby with the covid jab oh that'd be interesting they wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> but anyway, uh, make sure that they see this before they do something stupid. Uh, unplugged. I'm making too much sense. Sorry, I'll try better next time. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's just, I, I, this whole situation, everything that's going on in this country right now, um, we have reached a whole new level of stupid, period. As that great uh, American philosopher Ron White said, you can't fix stupid. And uh, Thomas Jefferson, before he turned into a really goofball person too, uh, back 
in his early days, he made a very profound statement. We get the government we deserve. And we did. The reason we're putting up with this stuff right now is because we put up with it, because we deserve it. If you want to know why this country's so screwed up, all you got to do is look in the mirror. Hard pill to swallow, but it's true. You know, when uh, when the when they stopped counting votes on November 3rd, 2020, people should have been in the streets with torches and pitchforks. And because we weren't, it went through. And now we're putting up with it. You know, old President Poopy Pants and uh, Camel Toe and all the rest of them. And they are going to do everything they can to destroy this country in the time they have because they know they know their time short. You know, if there is a 2022 election, which I sincerely doubt. You know, these people, it's, oh, yeah, well, we'll, we'll take it all back in 2022. You honestly think if they stole 2020 with the in-your-face process they used, you think they're going to let anybody get the votes they need to take over in 2022? you got to be on some serious medication to believe that. And if you do, i got some oceanfront property in Arizona I'd love to talk to you about. There's just no way. If there's an election in November, it will be stolen and controlled just by the same people. Because, you know, all these states that use the electronic voting machines, just about all of them are still using them. And the same guys that controlled the election then and stole it and do the same thing. And I guarantee they'll run out some new virus, whether it's monkeypox. Yeah, money, not monkey. The K is silent. Whether it's monkeypox or some new one, they'll roll something out right before the election so they can justify mail-in ballots and ballot harvesting and all the stuff they did last time. And again, read or watch 2,000 Mules. You'll see it's previews of coming attractions. And it'll be flat out disgusting. And the American people will sit there and I can't figure out what happened. Everybody went and voted. Therein lies the problem. I would love to see H.L. Mencken's uh, thing come true where what if they gave an election and nobody came? <laughs> love to see it. You know, when uh, when they were starting up elections in Iraq, they were worried that the uh, the turnout was so low that it would be a, an invalid election. Had to be at least 50% voter turnout. And in 20, uh, 2008 and 2012, voter turnout was so low in the U.S., they were worried. That's why we got Trump. They had to put somebody in there that would had the charisma to sucker the American people into falling for, you know, him. And, uh, of course, the turnout was fantastic. But I'm not, i first to admit, I have no idea what the plan is, but I know he was put into place. You know, two things that, uh, of all the things that uh, uh, FDR ever said, there's two things I believe. Number one, nothing happens in government by accident, and presidents are appointed, not elected. Think about that. 
And I believe that's the case every single step of the way. And I don't think 2016 was any different. We got them because that's what they needed at the time. And we got Sleepy Joe because that was the real <laughs> end, end goal. That's what they're pushing for, the destruction of this country to lower us to third world status by any means necessary. And uh, we're going to be hearing music for the top of the hour break here in a few seconds. So I'll just say uh, we'll uh, we'll get into more stuff when we get back at the top of the hour with our number two of today's edition of Your DIY Health. And appreciate everybody being here, especially the folks in the chat room. And uh, we'll be back in a few minutes. So here comes the music, I think. Yep, there it is. <laughs> we'll be right back. Stick with us. And uh, three minutes from now, we'll get into this more news and see what else is going on. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the second hour of today's edition of Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. And I'm going to look at some of the things in the news. Families sue Governor DeSantis in Florida for medically kidnapping their children. Hmm, I thought Ron DeSantis was the great, wonderful governor that everybody loved. Apparently not so much. Hmm. We recently reported how Florida Governor Ron DeSantis threatened parents in his state who took their children to family-friendly drag shows ew, by stating that he would ask Child Protective Services to investigate these parents for child endangerment. Yeah, I can't say I blame him there. Although he has not issued similar threats against parents who choose to inject their children with deadly COVID-19 injections in Florida. <laughs> yeah. While most parents would probably agree that taking children to these drag shows is not appropriate, neither is the state threatening to take children away from their parents when neither the parents nor the children are requesting it appropriate either. When a state has the power to decide who is a good parent and who is not, who gets to define what a good parent is? And even if there is an accepted legal definition for a good parent, why punish the children for the crimes of their parents? Hmm. Getting interesting. Does the state ever have a right to remove children from a home? <laughs> uh, as we have documented numerous times over the past many years, putting children into the nation's child trafficking network called foster care has disastrous and deadly results. 
as many of these children are raped and sexually abused in foster care and nationwide studies have shown that children who are left in their biological with their biological families even in troubled homes fare much better than children forced to be separated from their families and put into the foster care system there's a lot to be said for that Last week, Katie Legrone with WPTV Channel 5 in West Palm Beach reported on a lawsuit with multiple families suing Governor DeSantis and the state of Florida for medically kidnapping their children. I've been covering the, this issue of medical kidnapping for almost a decade now, and most the most common way the states remove children from their parents is through the testimony of child abuse pediatricians whose sole job is to find parents who abuse their children, and most often they do it simply through examining medical records, such as x-rays, while never talking to the family's own pediatrician, nor even interviewing the parents to see if true abuse is happening. My question is, how does this person actually get a hold of confidential medical records of these children without the parental and children, you know, being aware of it and improving it. There's the HIPAA for you. We published an ebook on this topic of child abuse pediatricians for a limited time. You can download it here for free and I will put the link to the whole article in the chat room in case anybody wants that. There we go. Um, back to the article. This appears to be a similar or similar to what happened to one of the families who uh, are plaintiffs in the lawsuit, Tan, Tanya and Rodney Williams. With a small village of family members surrounding them, Tanya and Rodney Williams shared what they say no loving parent should ever have to do. They called us abusers and just took uh, and just took us from her. Williams explained about uh, the day her then uh, 12-week-old daughter was taken by the state uh, child welfare, welfare workers after her nurse suspected her daughter was being abused, suspected her daughter away from them and her biological family. I don't know anything about her, what her favorite color is, her favorite TV uh, show on TV. I don't even know anything, said Williams, about her daughter, who she hasn't seen since 2018. The Williams are among four fam uh, Florida families now suing Governor Ron DeSantis and leaders of Florida's Department of Child and Family Services, along with several other state foster care organizations. In the lawsuit filed in the Tallahassee Federal Court Wednesday, dozens of relatives across four families accused fa uh, employees of the state's foster care system of fabricating evidence, hiding and withholding key information, crediting or creating false abuse allegations, or ignoring state and federal family laws so the system workers could keep children from being placed with biological relatives and instead place them in the system connected people seeking children of their own. For the Williams family, it all started in 2017 when their infant daughter showed signs of leg pain. According to the lawsuit, Williams had been in and out of her pediatrician's office and the hospital over various medical issues involving the newborn daughter. According to the lawsuit, her daughter's birth was traumatic. The umbilical cord was wrapped around the baby's neck, forcing doctors to break the baby's clavicle during the delivery to get her out. 
the complaint states. The baby's birth also resulted in bruising noted by the family's pediatrician court records show. After the baby's birth, the Williamses made every doctor's visit for their new daughter. The state states mom had also been to the ER a few times over different issues with the daughter, including respiratory infection. According to a 106-page complaint, the baby's pediatrician never suspected abuse. In fact, he noted the baby was a form of brittle, had a form of brittle bone disease that made her bruise easily. Yeah, because mama was uh, nutrient deficient when she was pregnant, and I'm sure the baby is not getting the proper nutrition either. No fault of the parents, fault of the idiot doctors who don't know how to properly advise parents on what to do for their children to make sure they get the right nutrition because those idiot doctors don't know anything about nutrition. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. On the day the Williams brought uh, their baby in over concerns about leg pain, doctors ordered x-rays, which revealed the baby had a fractured femur and more than a dozen other fractures in various stages of healing, according to the lawsuit. A nurse suspected abuse. Following the nurse's suspicion, mom and dad were investigated by police. According to the lawsuit, the case was closed with no criminal charges filed. Still, DCF filed a petition to remove the baby and her brother from their parents. The young parents were eventually stripped of their parental rights. It broke us. It changed us, and it's always going to be a part of us missing until she comes home, said uh, the emotional Williams. It ruined my life, added dad Rodney. The couple vehemently denies they ever abuse their children and are fighting to get their parental rights restored, but their relatives seem, uh, said the system also broke the family by depriving biological relatives of their right to take custody of the babies. According to the lawsuit, agencies within the state's foster care system bypass state and federal laws that require foster care workers to give relatives the opportunity to take custody of the child before placing that child with non-relative strangers. On the day, investigative reporter Katie Legrone and her photographer, Matthew App Apthorpe, met uh, Tania and Rodney Williams. They also met more than a half dozen members who said they were uh, each ready, willing, and able to take custody of the Williams' daughters. Uh, the Williams' daughter, but uh, family members were ultimately disqualified for reasons they still don't understand. The other parents that Katie interviewed had similar stories. I can't even describe the pain that we've experienced as a family, explained Judy Miller, who said she and other family members were also unjustly disqualified from taking care of a baby relative who was also removed from her family. Miller moved to Florida from Illinois to care for her granddaughter after her daughter and son-in-law's parental rights were terminated over allegations of abuse. While the baby's biological parents deny they did anything wrong, Miller said she was one of eight family uh, relatives ready, willing, and able to take custody of the baby, but who were all rejected by the system. Yeah, so they get those kids into the child trafficking system. Federal money. They did two home studies and they were both approved, Miller said of her attempts to gain custody of the granddaughter. Miller is also seeking legal action and is named in the suit. According to uh, the complaint, caseworkers rejected Miller as uh, a suitable guardian for her grandbaby because Miller's bond with her daughter was too close. Oh, for crying out loud. <laughs> Instead of family, the lawsuit states that babe, the baby was placed with a stranger 
system connected. You can't write off the whole family, said Annie DaCosta and her husband. Their daughter's uh, half-sister was also removed from their biological family because DCF, against committee recommendations, according to the complaint, placed the young girl with a non-relative foster system connected person after the baby's mother lost her parental rights. She was a pretty little blonde-haired, blue-eyed baby. Of course, they wanted her. <laughs> yeah, lots of money for those kids. The problem of state-sponsored child kidnapping and trafficking is systemic in Florida and not rare. I'm sure it's probably the same just about everywhere. It's happening all over Florida, said attorney uh, Octavia Brown of Community Law for Families and Children. She's part of the team of attorneys who filed a complaint. When Legrone suggested the lawsuit accused uh, kidnapping by the, uh, by, excuse me, and within the system, Brown responded, what else do you call it? If there is someone who is connected to the system and they see a child that they want, they are going to get the child. Brown is also a former insider who worked as an attorney for DCF and other agencies representing Florida's foster care system. She explained how some staff members who uh, collaborate uh, to deliberately keep the children from their child from being placed with biological relatives can get away with it. The system is so bogged down, she said, when they uh, when they system staff come in with these false stories or they come with the false allegations of caregivers uh, having backgrounds, the judge is not going to say, oh, let me look into that home study or let me look into the criminal record, she explained. Yeah, the judges just believe what the liars are telling them. Brown said young parents and poor families are most vulnerable to what they dub as internal diversion practices because those families don't have the money to fight the bogus allegations. Good grief. And I think there's a little video here. Let's see what uh, this has to say. Well, tonight a new lawsuit has been filed against Florida's foster care system system accusing state agencies of fabricating evidence, falsifying records, and secretly collaborating so people connected to the system could take children for themselves, even when the child's biological relatives want custody. Only Contact 5 investigator Katie Legrone is breaking the story on the new explosive accusations, and only Katie speaks to families behind the lawsuit who say the system's not only broken but corrupt, using its power and influence, they say, to break families apart. With a village of family members surrounding them. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's so much. Tanai and Rodney Williams are for the first time publicly sharing what they describe no loving parent should ever have to. They called us abusers and they just took us from us. Detailing first in a lawsuit and now to us why they say the system created to protect families not only failed them. I got you talking, But distorted the truth to steal their daughter away. I don't know anything about her, what her favorite color is, her favorite show on TV. I don't know anything. The Williams are among four Florida families now suing the governor and leaders of Florida's Department of Children and Families and other state foster care organizations, accusing the organizations of fabricating evidence, hiding and withholding key information, and ignoring state and federal family laws so they could snatch children from their biological families and then adopt them out to system-connected strangers seeking children of their own. It's been four years and three months. 
For the Williams, it started in 2017 when their then 12-week-old daughter showed signs of leg pain. Mom took her to the ER. According to court records, x-rays revealed a fractured femur and other fractures in various stages of healing. Despite the baby's traumatic birth, which included a broken clavicle and bruising documented by her pediatrician, a nurse suspected abuse. Mom and dad were investigated by police. Case closed. No criminal charges, according to the 106-page complaint filed Wednesday in a federal district court in Tallahassee. Still, the suit says DCF removed the baby and her brother from the home. These young parents eventually stripped of their parental rights. It broke us. It changed us. It's just like it's always going to be a part of us missing until she comes home, honestly. It ruined my life. While the couple denies they abuse their children and are fighting to get their parental rights restored, their relatives say the system also broke them by depriving the family of their rights to take custody of the baby. Bypassing state and federal laws that require foster care systems seek out relatives before placing children with non-relative strangers. Ready, brother, you passed all the home studies. I mean, they dug in our background. I'm talking about, I've been in the military. Background. And the background checks that we went through were just as bad. Yet these grandparents say they were ultimately disqualified from adopting their granddaughter. They came up with so many different excuses. I am retired military, worked for the city of New York, college degree. There was nothing wrong with me having my granddaughter. This biological grandmother says at one point caseworkers falsely claimed she abused her own son years earlier and was even listed on the abuse registry as a child abuser. He was 18 years old at the time. All lies, she says. I felt like it was a conspiracy. And part of a bigger intent described in this lawsuit as unlawful internal diversion to let operators of the system essentially have their choice of children placed into the state's custody. Why would they do it? Lee Crutch is the baby's biological great aunt. Because they've been doing it for so long and they never expected to get caught. In the Williams case, their daughter was fostered out to this family. The father, a board member at the time for the same contracted foster agency that fought to terminate the parents' rights. Felt like it was a setup. I can't even ex describe the pain that we experienced as a family. Judy Miller says it happened to her family too, nearly three years ago. She moved to Florida from Illinois to care for her granddaughter after her daughter and son-in-law's parental rights were terminated. While the parents deny they did anything wrong, Miller says she was one of eight relatives ready, willing, and able to take custody, but rejected. They did two home studies, and they both were approved. According to this lawsuit, Miller's bond with her daughter was too close. So instead of family, her grandbaby was placed with a stranger. System connected, the complaint states. You can't write off the whole family. Though. Same for this family, you know whose I mean? daughter like won't everybody. grow up with her half-sister because DCF, against committee recommendations to keep the baby with family, instead placed her with a non-relative foster system connected. If she was a pretty little blonde hair, blue-eyed baby. Of course they wanted her. It's happening all over Florida. So this and is much bigger than these four families. It's much bigger. Octavia Brown is part of the team of attorneys behind this complaint. This is alleging kidnapping within the system. What else do you call it? Brown is also an insider, a former attorney for DCF and other groups within Florida's foster care system. If there is someone who is connected to the system 
and they see a child that they want, they are going to get the child. While she believes the system overall protects children from abuse, she explains how staff who collaborate to deliberately keep a child from being placed with relatives can get away with it. This system is so bogged down when they come in with these false stories or they come in with false, false allegations of caregivers having backgrounds. The judge is not going to say, oh, well, let me look at this home study. Oh, let me let me look at this you know, uh, criminal background check. Young parents and poor families are most vulnerable, she says. Because those families don't have the money to fight the bogus allegations. <laughs> Today, the Williams are parents to a little boy, their older son placed with grandparents. <laughs> While their only daughter remains gone, adopted three years ago by the same board member and his family who first took her in. In an email, the now former board member stated, I would certainly like to speak to you regarding our daughter. I'm sure you've heard several fabulous stories which are not true. He never elaborated. His attorney wouldn't let him telling me custody cases are by law confidential and can't be publicly discussed. In response to this lawsuit, a spokesperson from DCF told us in this email, in part, we work to exhaust all effort to find a relative or non-relative caregiver for children removed from biological parents. Our goal is family preservation whenever possible. But the Williams and the three other Florida families named in this lawsuit say that's not what happened to them. Now they're hoping the justice system can do what they believe the state's child welfare system went out of its way and against the law not to. He's a black child raised in a white household, and she's going to find out that she was stolen, stolen from an excellent family. The system is a lie. That's just what it is. A DCF spokesperson adds Florida is at an 18-year low when it comes to removing children from caregivers and says they have invested millions of dollars over the last three years to keep kids with family. As for this lawsuit, next steps, responses from these state agencies. I'm Katie Legrone reporting. You know, while this was playing, the thing I was thinking of, all the cases that I've seen over the last several years is this is an attack on a nuclear family. In every single case, it's a young couple who are married, who are doing things the right way. They have a, they're starting a family and because the idiot doctors know nothing about nutrition and these mothers are nutrient deficient, it, it sets the child up for a bunch of baby visits to the, to the doctors. And then you get some shyster doctor in there who's probably on the take or a nurse who gives a bogus report or suspicions of abuse. And the next thing you know, the this family is just destroyed. I have yet to hear of a situation where you have someone who is living on welfare, popping out babies left and right to get a raise every time, with an endless stream of boyfriends and baby daddies who are much more likely to be abusive of crying children and things like that. You never hear about those kids being taken away when really they probably should, and they should be put in foster homes. But the same thing's going to happen there. Those children are going to be um, 
would be just as uh, vol uh, um, uh, shoot. What's the term I'm looking for? <laughs> uh, they'd be put in as much jeopardy as kids from a married couple. But the system is built around destroying the nuclear family. You know, look at everything that goes on in the in the Democratic Party and even the the rhinos and with Schwab and all the schmucks in the world. They're all about the government being the parents, not the parents being the parents. And heaven forbid if a, a male man and a woman get married and try to do things the right way and try to have a family, if they aren't smart and if they don't do what I've been saying all along, neutrify yourself before you conceive have your, you know, have your baby at home. Don't get a birth certificate. Don't get a social security number. Keep the kid out of the system. Avoid pediatricians like the plague. And unfortunately, this, this takes research and education on the part of the parents and the family. Because doing something like that, if you got idiot family members, they're likely to turn you in just for that. But the thing is, if you do it the right way, the system won't even know that child exists until they turn 18. And then that child can determine if they want to get into the social slavery system, or hopefully if you've trained them properly, they'll learn how to live as a free person from that point forward. But that's the real answer keeping these kids outside of the system, flying under the radar in the first place. And it all starts with mom and pop being nutrition, neutrified before they even think about having a child. That will guarantee a, a safe pregnancy and easy childbirth at home without all the complications and a child who is super healthy and never needs to go to a doctor. This garbage about uh, well baby checkups is just to get those kids into the system so that the system can check on its property on a regular basis and at the same time so that they can damage that property with all the endless stream of injections those kids are going to get so that they are into the system from cradle to grave and they become a a patient from the outset and from that point, their, their entire life is wrapped around doctor visits because they'll never be healthy. So, you, you know, young parents, you need to ask yourself, what is your goal? And then you have to make the appropriate plans to make sure that your goal can come to fruition. Until you do that, don't have kids, especially in this day and age. And don't have them in this country, that's for sure. But we are seconds away from the bottom of the hour break. So I'll just say, uh, pray for these people. God needs to intervene in this stuff. Stick with us. We'll be back with the last segment of today's edition of Your DIY Health. We'll be right back. Cancer Research, the biggest revenue. 
They make all those billions land of me and you The same folks that brought you this toxic sewer Are now gonna bring us all a cure Somehow I just don't think so IRS gets billions from people like you and me. Then Medicare pumps it back to the drug lords, don't you see? And we are back with the last segment of today's edition of Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. Boy, it has been going fast. And uh, so much news, hard to keep track and hard to figure out what to cover. But this is sad. And it goes right along with the destruction of the American family and, you know, the agenda of the left. The United States of America is now the only country in the world that offer authorizes COVID jabs for infants. It appears the United States just became the only country in the world to inject babies and toddlers with COVID injections. Despite what you're reading in the press, the U.S. seems to be, as of Friday, the only country in the world to partake in experimental COVID therapeutics for infants. On Friday, the FDA authorized mRNA COVID-19 jabs, both Pfizer and Moderna, under emergency use authorization for children under five years old, all the way down to six months of age. As you'll see in a moment, this is unprecedented anywhere in the world. The approval made its way through the halls of the federal bureaucracy, regardless of any studies showing a positive benefit for injecting young children with mRNA shots, which even in adults do not effectively prevent coronavirus infection. Making matters worse, our deceitful corporate press is actively engaged in a cover-up uh, operation to make it seem like the new policy is not particularly unique, when in fact, it is exclusively unique. FDA advisors just voted 21 to 0, <laughs> no, no uh, character and credibility there, to authorize Moderna's vac injection for children six months old to five years old. Germany, France, Denmark, Norway, Sweden, and Finland all suspected Moderna for people, or suspended Moderna for people under 30 due to safety concerns. But in the U.S., we'll now be giving this product to infants. Yeah, good grief. Many corporate press reports inhaling the announcement churned out stenography today <laughs> that made a quick mention of the fact that a dozen countries, including China, already inject their kids under five. Lies. But when you break down the data further, a true scandal arises. As of a couple of weeks ago, there was only there were only seven countries where kids under five were given COVID injections, though the WHO now claims that number is 12. Out of 200 plus countries, seven. <laughs> the seven countries on record are Argentina, Bahrain, Chile, China, Cuba, United Arab Emirates, and Venezuela. The territory of Hong Kong, which uses the Chinese-made shots, is sometimes listed as the eighth country on record, but that's only the beginning of the madness. Venezuela and Cuba are the only countries that allow for COVID shots between the ages of two and three. The rest of the countries only go as young as three. Moreover, none of the nations are using mRNA. Five out of seven of the are using Chinese-manufactured inactivated injections. Cuba and Venezuela are using the Cuban homebrew shot. 
And none of these countries are allowing for COVID shots between the ages of six months and two years, which means that the United States has become the only country in the world to allow for experimental COVID injections for babies and two-year-old toddlers. Absolutely disgusting. And this is an age group, well, below 18, is an age group that has virtually zero threat from this alleged thing. You know, even if you believe in the virus, which I don't. And it's just unconscionable that children so young, and again, when you have an alleged school shooting perpetrated by the left most of the time, one way or another, either directly or indirectly, they're they're involved. They dance in the blood of dead children, but at the same time, they're the ones pushing for infants six months and older to be injected with these toxic bioweapons. Again, talking out of both sides of their mouth, they could care less about children. You know, they push... <laughs> Well, that's another article. Let's go back there real quick. If I can find it here real quickly. Uh, California Assembly passes bill on expanded abortions that include infanticide. I've previously written about that if the Supreme Court does not strike down the infamous Roe v. Wade abortion decision, that this will not decrease abortions in the U.S., but actually increase them. The issue of abortion will now be dealt with at the state level, and some states like California will increase abortion services and become abortion tourism states. In states that restrict or ban abortions altogether, look for legislation to be adopted that forces employers or the state to pay for pregnant employees who want abortions that are illegal in their state to travel to one of those abortion tourism states. (laughs) That would be just the case. It will open up a whole new market to make money off abortions in the U.S. In California, the new state assembly just passed AB 2223, which will also probably pass the Senate and be signed into law by Governor Newsom, which approves abortions not only through the third trimester, but also after birth in what are called perinatal deaths. Good grief. Assembly Bill 2223 by Assemblywoman Buffy Wicks, Democrat of Oakland, is an abortion bill misleadingly labeled reproductive health, which actually seeks and sought to legalize infanticide to expand the killing of infants past the moment of birth up to weeks after the Globe reported. Assemblywoman Wicks insisted on a hearing in the um, Assembly Judiciary Committee in April that AB 2223 does not support infanticide and has only been labeled such because of the spread of misinformation by those who oppose the bill and and report the truth. Wick said that while other states are adopting increasingly aggressive measures to limit abortion, California continues to protect reproductive rights. (laughs) This wicked, wicked woman. Wicks says women should not be prosecuted for pregnancy laws. They should be prosecuted for murder. <laughs> you know, if they have a miscarriage, that's one thing. But if they flat out murder their baby, that should be prosecuted as such. 
this bill plays right into, and again, there's another situation where uh, we have with this terrible with these kids being shot up in schools. <laughs> we love it, really. And at the same time, let's pass a bill that lets women kill their babies constantly. And I got news for you, people out there that aren't keeping track. There are far more babies murdered in abortion clinics on a daily basis one day out of the year than all the school shootings throughout the year. The only difference is they're not allowed to be born first and start their lives. This bill plays right into the governor, Gavin Newsom's and the Democrats plan to promote abortion tourism, inviting tourists to visit California and get an abortion if their own state has abortion restrictions. Governor Newsom and the state legislature are offering taxpayer funds to help out-of-state residents obtain abortions. These people have no, there's no limit to their idiocy, as well as legalizing infanticide through recently amended legislation. Oh, so you already had your baby? Ah, just bring it to California. We'll kill it for you. So they need to make sure nothing gets in the way of abortions for all at any time during or after the pregnancy. Infanticide is defined as the act of killing an infant, the practice of killing newborn infants, and one who kills an infant. AB 2223 amended passed the Assembly Appropriations Committee in May, and after approval of the of an amendment that mostly removed the verbiage decriminalizing infanticide, the California Family Council reported, legislators made the change after thousands of pro-life advocates came to Sacramento on April 19th, Patriot's Day, to oppose the bill. The amendment confirmed that concerns California Family Council raised regarding the section that decriminalized prenatal or perinatal death. The change came despite multiple media outlets offering fact checks. <laughs> when you hear fact checks, you know it's a lie. Attempting to dismiss California Family Council's warnings that AB 2223 would decriminalize killing newborns up to 30 days after birth. Is AB 2223 still a threat to unborn new and newly born infants? Well, this is actual wording. Notwithstanding any other law, a person shall not be subject to civil or criminal liability or penalty or otherwise deprived of their rights under this article based on their actions or omissions with respect to their pregnancy or actual potential or alleged pregnancy outcome, including miscarriage, stillbirth, or abortion or perinatal, uh, perinatal death due to a pregnancy-related cause. And they struck that out due to causes that occurred in utero. A person who aids or assists a pregnant person in exercising, that's where it stops. The amendment changes the bill to read perinatal death due to causes that occurred in utero. Pregnancy loss is how Wicks and uh, proponents Describe the fetal or infant death, even in the mother, if the mother caused the death through self-managing an abortion, and even after the baby is born alive. This is sick. Assembly Bill 2223 passed the Assembly and is now headed to the Senate. It seeks to change Penal Code Section 187 and defines murder as the unlawful killing of a human being or a fetus with malice aforethought. 
reference to a fetus was added in 1970 when the California legislature amended Section 187. Attorney General Rob Bonta issued an alert in January stating he reiterates that the legislature did not intend to include a pregnant person's own actions that might result in a miscarriage or stillbirth. In other words, abortion. Despite the interpretation and proclamation, the Attorney General can't change the penal code without passage of Assemblywoman Wicks AB 2223. Even more concerning, according to the bill, law enforcement will be barred from investigating an infant death, bill and analysts say. The bill also limits the duties of coroners to the consistent to be consistent with laws that protect pregnant persons from civil liability and criminal prosecution for the death of their unborn fetus. So if a coroner investigates the alleged stillborn baby's body and discovers that the, bo- the baby was not stillborn, but born breathing and died of asphyxiation or being poked with a fork or who knows what else, the evidence couldn't be used to prosecute anyone for infanticide, the family counsel explains. How exactly will law enforcement determine if the death was due to causes in utero or after without an investigation? Answer, they can't. The bill still decriminalizes back alley abortions by removing punishment for anyone violating any abortion health and safety standards for any reason when performing an abortion on a woman through all nine months of pregnancy right up to the moment of birth, the California Family Council said. Another complication is the language used in the bill. Americans United for Life writes that perinatal is not defined in this bill, causing critics to decry AB 2223 as infanticide. Elsewhere in California law, perinatal is defined as provision of care during pregnancy, labor, delivery, and postpartum and neonatal periods. Absent the de- a definition in the bill, it certainly appears that the intent of this legislation is to legalize child abandonment or worse in the first weeks after birth. If this is not the bill's sponsor's intent, they should amend the bill to clarify and that the official policy of California is not state-sanctioned infanticide. Good grief. And it goes on, but uh, you, get the, you get the idea. Good grief. My goodness. Anyway, let's see. There was something else I wanted to cover before we run out of time, if I can remember what it was. <laughs> like I said, there's a lot of stuff. Hmm. Oh, well. Uh, Good grief. You know, uh, Merck is pushing their their Ligardasil vaccine on nine-year-olds to increase sales. Vaccine knows to cause infertility, not to mention, really, it's one of the nastiest childhood vaccines on the schedule. It has killed people and just wreaked havoc on young boys and girls for no reason whatsoever, other than to make money for a criminal drug pusher. Uh, Good grief. Um, (laughs) Well, 10,000 head of Kansas feedlot cattle reported dead. Yeah, there are tons and tons. We're up to almost 100 food processing facilities in this country since the beginning of the year. 
that have either burned, had planes crash into them, or who knows what else. Uh, just keeps keeps going and going and going. And then, of course, we have cattle and chickens and all kinds of uh, farm animals being eliminated one way, shape, or form. Everything designed to further reduce the food supply in this country and create a starvation situation. If you're not stocking up or if you haven't been, <laughs> you better start while you can because it ain't going to be much longer that you're going to find things on the shelves at the grocery store. Uh, heaven help you otherwise. And again, 82% of pregnant women getting COVID injections have miscarriages more than the abortion pill. That's unreal. Um, let's see back up here again. I kind of thought there was one other thing. Almost 3,000% increase in eye disorders following COVID-19 jabs. Uh, FDA allows Pfizer and Moderna to inject babies, toddlers with COVID-19 jabs, as Florida is the only state refuses to. Well, that's one good thing about Florida. Uh, let's see here. Drawing a blank on the, uh, the other thing I wanted to cover. Hmm. Bill to let 12-year-olds get injections without parental consent could be voted on. Guess where? California General Assembly this week. <laughs> you know, one of the big things, and again, this is something... You know, I mentioned earlier, kind of where I said, you know, have your babies at home. Don't get them birth certificates or social slavery numbers or any of that junk. And homeschool them. If you want to protect your children from not being a victim in a school shooting, the best way to avoid being shot in school is not to be there in the first place. Get your kids out of these gulags, these public indoctrination centers called public schools. You know, even if they're not being shot up, they're the rest of the time they're being abused mentally with all the crap that they're being exposed to. This LGBTQ XYZ uh, agenda and the uh, 1619 crap and the, oh, all the other stuff that's going on in these schools. Putting a, a child into public schools literally is child abuse, period. There's no way around it. If you want a child that can function in the world, get them the heck out of the public schools and homeschool them. Do what you got to do to take care of your children. And now there are groups that are forming because a lot of parents, you know, you get single parents. I understand that it's kind of hard to work and stay home and school your children at the same time. But there are people that now are getting together and forming alliances and groups where everybody kind of does their part. But if you're a single mom and you got to work, you find one of these groups and get your kids in the homeschool process. That way they're learning with other kids of like mentality, like um, political and uh, social beliefs, and they're socializing at the same time, which is one of the big arguments is flat out bogus. Oh, those kids aren't being socialized. Well, quite honestly, I have been a teacher. For 13 years, I was a teacher. 
in a Christian school. And I would not have put my kids in that school if I had young kids at that time. I was actually considering or trying to figure out how to adopt a young young lady who came to our church back in 2003 um, as part of a singing group from an orphanage in Florida. And I, you know, she stayed at our house and we just fell in love with her and wanted to adopt this young lady, but both her parents were still alive. And because of that, you know, they were just in a situation where they were divorced. He was in the Navy. She had to work. And because of that, she and her two brothers were dropped off at this uh, children's home when she was all of about 18 months old. And she grew up there the entire time and graduated from their school and uh, is now a young mother, um, has uh, two children, and is doing quite well. But um, I've been following her and keeping and keeping track with her. We talk and chat on Facebook once in a while. But um, at the time, we wanted to adopt her. And I figured if that's the case, then I'm going to stop teaching at the school and I'm going to stay home and homeschool her. Uh, that never became, obviously. Uh, got a chance to do that, but uh, I would not have put my kids in that in that Christian school for a lot of different reasons. But socialization is only good when they're being socialized with the right people. <laughs> and when you've got them in a, in a school, even if it's a private school, a Christian school, a parochial school, you still don't know who they're socializing with and whether they're the kind of people you want your kids socializing with or not. Parents need to... Uh, they have that responsibility. They need to step up and exercise that responsibility and make sure that their kids are getting the education and exposure to the right kinds of people and being protected from the wrong kinds. And unfortunately, that is something, you know, we just had Mother's Day a month ago and Father's Day last week. Uh, parents are really dropping the ball in this country in many cases in that regard. And it's a sad situation, and we are reaping the, it's not benefits, but we're seeing the results of that stuff. And down the road, in a couple more years, uh, the young kids that are in school now, those are going to be the so-called leaders of America in the next generation. And you think things are screwing out, you just wait. Now, granted, there are some kids coming up that are, uh, somehow or another, <laughs> slipping through the cracks and um, actually becoming more conservative. You know, the pendulum swinging back the other way. The question is, will it be enough to make a difference? Hard to say. But uh, personally, <laughs> if I had it to do over again, I would do what uh, the um, Whitaker family out of Texas is doing, and they uh, back about five or six years ago, decided that they were going to give up their life in suburbia, buy a boat, put their kids on it, and sail around the world. And their children are much better for it. And uh, one of their, their oldest son, who just uh, graduated from high school last year, uh, could have left the boat and gone to college, and he loves the lifestyle so much that he's staying there. Now, their older oldest daughter... Uh, graduated two years ago, and she came back home and is going to school in Texas. But um, I'll tell you what, there's something about that lifestyle that is very, you know, instead of reading about, uh, you know, things like uh, ocean oceanography and uh, 
marine biology in a book, they actually get to live it. They strap on their scuba tanks and dive down and see the, the life on the reefs and all that kind of stuff firsthand. And instead of reading about Borneo and the South Pacific Islands, guess what? They actually go and step foot on those things and meet the people and live with them and all kinds of stuff. Uh, they have, they're just about done circumnavigating the globe and, uh, uh, good heavens, much, much better education for the kids. They're much more rounded. Um, they get a chance to be with buddy boats, other, other boats that have kids their age and they spend time with and that kind of thing, but they are much better developed than most kids that you'll see in private schools and definitely better than most public school kids and a much better education. So, you know, this, this doing it the old fashioned way where everybody, you know, <laughs> step out, disconnect from the, uh, the cookie cutter way of doing things and try something different on your own. I'll tell you what, some friends of mine, just, they, uh, they have a young son who's, uh, I think about three years old and they just decided, boom, we're selling a house. They just bought a fifth wheel camper and they are traveling the country. They're going everywhere. They're going to homeschool in the uh, camper and they're going to travel all around the country. And when I mentioned to them the, uh, the sailing aspect, they said, oh, we would love to do that. <laughs> That's my goal. I'm just about 40 years too late. Uh, I'm hoping in the next year or two to do something like that. Uh, but I would much rather have done it when I was in my 20s rather than my 60s. Uh, but better late than never, as they say. Anyway, we are pretty much out of time for today. I appreciate everybody being here, uh, listening to my rants, <laughs> crazy as they have been. And uh, we will be back on Tuesday of next week, same bat time, same bat channel. And until then, take care of your bodies because it's the only place you have to live. And that is really the truth when you think about it. And uh, we will see you have a wonderful weekend. And if you want to join me in an hour, on uh, Eurofolk Radio Network. I'd love to see you there. In instructions are on my webpage on the radio show's tab. Take care. God bless. We'll see you on the next Tuesday. Have a great weekend.